Uh, I'm not going to read the whole psalm again. It's a long psalm, but listen to this. Verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For His steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from trouble. Amen? God is good. Amen? All the time. All the time He's good. Amen? Well, four days from now, we are going to celebrate what is my uh, favorite holiday of the, of the year. I, I do really, really love Thanksgiving. Bernie, you with me on that? I see you giving me a hand signal there. I know Terry is. Terry is like, waits all year for Thanksgiving. And uh, well, I love Thanksgiving. I love everything about it. I love the time of the year. It's my favorite time of the year, and it's felt right. Denise and I were walking out of the store last night. We went shopping, bought a bunch of food for Thanksgiving. We were walking out, and it was cold. And I said to her, oh, this feels right. You know, this, feel, this is how it should feel around the holidays. I know some of you don't like cold weather, but I love for it to get crisp outside. I love the weather. I love uh, being with my family on Thanksgiving, being with friends on Thanksgiving. I love the food that we eat on Thanksgiving. I love uh, watching football on Thanksgiving. I love taking a nap on Thanksgiving while everybody else is cleaning up from Thanksgiving. Uh, I love... I love Thanksgiving. I really do. I really enjoy the holiday. But as I've gotten older, I, I do understand and appreciate it more for what it's meant to be. You know, as, as I've gotten older, as my kids have gotten older, as my kids grow up, as Denise and I now have decades of history behind us, that now I can see, I, can, I have a, a larger body of work to look back on. And as I've gotten older, I've come to realize that there's so much really in my life to be thankful for. You know, I have so much God's goodness. We sang about the goodness of God in our life. I really can look back at my life and see how God has been good to me all throughout my life. Not just in the last 25 years that Denise and I have been married, but in the last 45 years that I've been alive, I see God's hand all over my life and I'm thankful for it. He's good. And the psalmist says that we should say so, that God is good, that He's done good for us. And that's ultimately what Thanksgiving is about. I know every holiday that we celebrate has secular elements. I know that they all are polluted to some extent. I get that. But it's what you make of it. And for me and my house, we'll thank God on Thanksgiving for all that He's done for us, for the good that He's done in our lives. Uh, Lifeway Research published a, a poll in October interestingly enough, about the things that people in America are most thankful for. Uh, you, you probably can relate to this. People are, 84% of people are, are thankful for their family. I, I found it interesting uh, that, that 16% of people aren't, you know. <laughs> uh, 69% of people are thankful for their health. 63% are thankful for their friends. 63% thankful for memories. 53% uh, for their freedom, 47% of people, I think that this is probably a statistic related to the instability we've encountered over the last two years. Only 47% of people said they're thankful for stability in their life. Uh, for fun experiences, 45% for their achievements, 33% for their wealth, 21%. So there's all kinds of things that people will say that they're thankful for this Thanksgiving. Here's an interesting thing in the survey, and you can go back and look up the survey yourself if you want to see a more in-depth breakdown of things. But I thought it was interesting that in the survey, Christians across the board, followers of Jesus, were more thankful in every category than non-Christians. Just in general, 
that Christians are more thankful. And that's how we ought to be. We ought to be thankful people. Amen? Because we recognize that every good and perfect gift in our life comes down from above, from our Father of lights, in whom there is no shifting shadow or variation, no change in God. He's good yesterday, He's good today, and He'll be good tomorrow. And every good thing you have in your life ultimately comes from Him. So as Christians, we should be thankful. All these good things that were mentioned, family, health, friends, memories, freedom, all those things, they all do come from God. But there's one thing, one big glaring thing missing from that list. Did you notice? One thing, right. Our salvation. We should be thankful. And that's what this psalm that Terry read for you. And I had him read the whole thing because I think it's worth hearing the whole thing. That every one of us should be thankful most of all for the truth that God has saved us. That God has done something in our life that we couldn't do that that anytime a person places their faith in Jesus, we're acknowledging that we are sinners. Brothers and sisters, we are rebels. We're born rebels. We rebel against God, and the just outcome of our rebellion would be that each one of us deserves to go to hell. Every single human being who's ever lived outside of the perfect one, Jesus Christ, has sinned against God and deserves judgment. But God Himself, being both just and justifier, sent His own Son to live in our place, to die in our place, to be our substitute. And as we place our faith in Jesus, we confess our sins. We come to Him in faith, believing that God, in fact, raised Him from the dead as our forerunner. As we do those things, the Bible says that we are justified before God legally declared innocent before God. Praise God. Thank God for our salvation. You know, this week, I have to be careful, tread lightly here. Uh, you know that I don't do a lot of commenting on, on things going on around us in the world. I try to just stick to God's Word. And that's what I'm going to do today. But I want to give you an illustration this week because I, I was thinking about this as I sat in my office this week preparing for this uh, celebration of communion and all that it means for us. You know, I, all of you, I'm sure, are aware. Many of you watched this week and over the last couple of weeks. There are several, uh, have been several high-profile legal battles going on in our nation. And many of you watched those things play out, and you watched as uh, as attorneys stood and, and, and argued the case, uh, the prosecutor stood and argued the case that, that the defendant was guilty and deserved uh, punishment. And then you had defense attorneys who stood and argued that the defendant is guilty and deserves to go free and to be set free and to be declared innocent. And then there, of course, was a judge there uh, to mediate and to watch the case. And, and, and I thought this week, without giving any commentary right or wrong, and don't ask me afterwards. I tell you, I'm not going to make comments on these things. But I happened to be watching as the verdict came down a few days ago. And, and, I, and I, I don't think you can be human without watching someone stand before a judge and a jury about to hear their fate and recognize the weight of that moment. Will I be declared guilty or will I be declared innocent? You know that the Bible 
speaks in these terms about us? Did you know that in Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, the Bible says that Satan is the accuser who stands to forever accuse the brethren. That he forever stands to accuse you before the Father. That he's bringing charges against you. Did you see what they've done? Did you see how they've rebelled? Did you see the way they live? But you know that the Bible also tells us in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, that if we rebel and if we sin, we have an advocate in heaven, Jesus Christ the righteous. And the Bible says that He is literally, that language there literally means He is your defense attorney. That as the, the devil pleads the case against you, Jesus stands and comes to your defense and pleads the case for you. And then the Bible tells us likewise in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Do you know that when you stand in that day of judgment, like many of us watched this week as an individual stood to be judged, do you know as you stand before God in judgment that you can be 100% confident in Christ, you will be declared not guilty. He's innocent in Christ. That's what the Bible says. Thank God for saving us. It's His work. Before the foundation of the world, He set it in motion. This is His business. His business is our salvation for His glory. I read, or or Terry read uh, Psalm 107. I read the first couple of verses back to you. And that's what this is all about. This psalm is all about giving thanks for the truth that God has saved us. Over and over again, there are four examples. I'm not going to read them all to you. I'm just going to read quickly, so don't, you, you don't even have to try to follow along. But the first example is in uh, verse 4, where he says, Some wandered in desert waste, finding no city or no way to a city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty, their souls fainted. And they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. Those who were wandering... And then he says in in verse 10, Some sat in darkness in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons, and they had rebelled against God, against the words of God, and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. Verse 17, Some were fools through their sinful ways, and because of their iniquities, suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and He delivered them from their distress. Verse 23, Some went down to the ships in, in, uh, to the sea in ships doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, His wondrous works in the deep, for He commanded and raised the stormy wind. By the way, when Jesus commanded the storm to be still, we're told here that's not the only time God has commanded the storm and commanded the waters. Here he lifts the storm against those people, lifts the waves of the sea. They mount up to heaven and they went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at their wits end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them in their distress. And after each example, the refrain is the same. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love for His wondrous works to the children of men. Thank God for saving us. So, as we prepare for Thanksgiving this week, it would be good for all of us to remember that our families 
are gifts from God. Our friends are gifts from God. The resources, the physical resources that He's given us are good gifts from God. Our health is a gift from God. All of these things are gifts from God, but none of them even compare to the truth that when we cry out to Him in our distress, He saves us. That's what we thank Him for. Now this morning, we're going to observe communion. And another name for communion, we typically call communion either communion or the Lord's Supper. But there's another name for it throughout church history. Some of you are familiar with. You come from different backgrounds, and you know that it's also called the Eucharist. But I wonder if you know what that word means. Eucharist. It's a Greek word, or an adaptation of a Greek word, and it just means one simple thing. It means thanksgiving. That this literally, throughout history, throughout the history of the church, as we've celebrated the Eucharist, we are literally saying we're celebrating the Thanksgiving feast. That any time we come together and do this thing, not only are we remembering Christ, certainly we are. He said that we're to do this in remembrance of Him. Not only are we communing with one another, we certainly are. We do this together. Communion is not an individual activity. But not only are we doing those things, but we're also intentionally saying thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Son. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for saving us out of our distress. This is a Thanksgiving feast. And so I'm going to ask if those men who are coming to serve this morning, I'm not sure who all of them are, but you can come. And as you come, I'm going to ask you, all of you in the congregation, to join me in a responsive reading as we prepare our hearts to observe communion, to say thank you for what God has done for us. And we'll begin with these words. Jesse, you have it back there?